Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on where you are in the world. This is Augie of the Blago Blabber podcast. I would like to welcome everyone to yet another episode of the podcast. A lot has happened since the last time that I chimed in. So I believe the last time I spoke, um, talked a little bit about the uh, Red Star transfers and what a great transfer window it's been and how we up upgraded at, at certain positions and, you know, things that we're still kind of looking for with... Um, with the transfer window winding down. So kind of figured out I would update you guys on where we are with that now. And, um, you know, there's about five or six days left in the transfer window. So how we're going to deal with that and just things of that nature, champions league qualifying, which didn't go too well. Um, Dan Stankovic, Milos Milojevic, Milan Pavkov, a lot of things to talk about today. So obviously at the top, I want to start with you know, no Champions League football. Uh, got eliminated by Maccabi Haifa this past... I, forget, I honestly already forgot it. Either Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, the... Drew at home 2-2, but we lost 3-2 away. So 5-4 in aggregate. Uh, just a really tough loss to take. And one of the... Weirder... Um, two-legged matches that I've seen in a very long time, I would say. Very good two-legged tie if you're, you know, a neutral fan. Uh, very entertaining, despite the result. But, you know, at the end of the day, we didn't get Champions League football, and that kind of sucks, and that's what we were going for. So, it was... A, it was The reason why I say it was kind of weird, because the way that the first match started off, in the first 20-25 minutes... Maccabi Haifa should have had a two or three goal lead easily. Red Star couldn't even get out of their own 18-yard box. The passing to get out of our own final third was terrible, which led to counterattacks from Maccabi Haifa. And with their fast players, they created a lot of problems. Uh, Red Star were fortunate enough to hit them on one counter and score a lucky goal, which cut it to actually tied it at 1-1. Katai's shot deflected off Alexander Persic. Goalkeeper dove one way, the ball went the other way. 1-1. 2-1 Kanga from outside the box, but there was so much that happened in between those two goals in those, I guess, 10 minutes where Red Star could have had... That Kanga goal should have been to, to put Red Star up like 4-1. 3 or 4-1 at least. And it didn't happen. And when you don't, usually when you don't capitalize on your chances... The other team comes back, and that's exactly what Maccabi Haifa did. They scored two goals in the second half. Uh, Dan Stankovic takes off most of his creative players, most of the players who can cause the most problems for Maccabi Haifa, even though they didn't play that well. So I'm talking um, Bukhari, I'm talking Ivanic, Katai, Persic, they all came off. And he. the issue is he took all of them off, and he put on players who just haven't compiled enough minutes this season who haven't really played together this season. And truth be told, Maccabi Haifa could have scored two goals and completely ended this tie. And it could have been 5-2 at the end of the first tie. And now you're going back home and you need an absolute miracle. And we know what that's like because we went through that with Rangers last season where after the first leg, we were 3-0 down and then we had to chase, um, chase a result. And just a lot of missed opportunities in the first match that you can't have away from home. You need to capitalize on your chances. Bukhari had a miss from about six or seven yards that he can't miss. And Pesic had a one-on-one with the goalkeeper that the goalkeeper stopped. And I think Katai had another one in the first half as well. Uh, just uh, just 
inexcusable, so to say. You got to take your chances because ties like this, as you can tell, we lost 5-4 in aggregate. Every little mistake gets punished. Everything is under a microscope. And if you don't score, the other team will. And you'll be knocked out. Uh, same story in the second leg, pretty much. Especially for Red Star. You go up 1-0. You hit the post. Um, Kanga had a post in like the 11th or 12th minute. Laid off by Bukhari, which he should have taken the shot. Um, you know, we score. Persic scores a goal that's... The ball was kind of lost in a lot of feet, so to say. And it was bouncing around. Persic put it away. Mirko Ivanic had two chances. Kanga's post. Um... And, you know, the Maccabi Haifa gets a uh, goal in the second half. Or, sorry, at the end of the first half. Mirko Ivanic scored a beautiful goal in, in the first half to, to put it up 2-0. Like, I thought he was really good. Offensively, I thought he was exceptional against Maccabi Haifa. Defensively, I thought he was bad. He got, a, he got away from a lot of things that he usually... Like, he doesn't make mistakes in his final third. Like, giving the ball away 20 yards away from his goal. And he did that two or three times. It cost us once. Another time, Milan Borian had to make an exceptional stop, and the other two times we kind of got away with it. So it's stuff that he's never, ever done that he was kind of messing around with, which was so weird. And you know what they say, once you get tired, you start doing things that you're, you start to cheat a little bit. You start doing things that maybe you wouldn't normally do just because you're so tired and you're looking for an easy way out of things. I think that's kind of what happened to him. But I can't, like... I can't fault him. He's given us so much in the last four seasons that, you know, one of my favorite players since I've been following Red Star, like top five for sure. And I can't blame him for that. And again, you know, you don't take your, you don't take your chances. Um, Maccabi Haifa gets a penalty on a Cernich handball. Haziza's shot is stopped by Milan Borian. And then Kanga takes the ball out, slips. Sangren takes a shot from like 25, 30 yards out. Bounces over Milan Borian's hand, and it's 2-1. And at that point, the players all kind of dropped to their knees. The, the, the half wasn't finished yet, but you could t tell that they had, they just had completely had the energy sucked out of them, even though they're at home in front of 47,000 people. And I remember sitting thinking, I really hope that once the second half gets underway, that the attitude and the body language gets a lot better. And that's not what happened. They came out flat in the second half. By the 62nd minute, there was guys who were already dead, who I'm talking couldn't even walk anymore. Kanga got subbed off, I think, in the 51st, 52nd minute. Threw a bit of a tantrum. Was pissed that he was subbed off. Um, and I, after the match, I said, I wouldn't be surprised if this is his last match played for Red Star because he's had a few brush-ins with, with Dan Stankovic and this could be, this could kind of you know, set it over the top and that's it. Dan's not going to take it anymore. Um, but yeah, second half, I mean, the conditioning, like how does that happen? You're a professional athlete. You have to give everything in those last 90 minutes. Like this is the second leg of a Champions League qualifying match where if you win, you go on to, to the Champions League and you guys have nothing left in the tank. There's no excuse because we didn't have a, a match on Saturday or Sunday. So you had a full week of rest, full week of preparation. And in the second half, you come out completely flat. And Maccabi scores an own goal in the 90th minute 
probably the best time for them to, to score it and the worst time for Red Star to concede. And that was the end of that. So a lot of weird goals in this in this two-legged tie. Pesic is the ball to bounce off Pesic. The the goal after the, the, the penalty kick, the own goal in the 90th minute, and there was that other goal that the first goal that uh, Maccabi Haifa scored in, in Haifa in the, in the first leg where it kind of bounced around and, and Piero kind of just slotted it away. Um, just a, a weird tie. Like, if you're a neutral fan, you would love something like this. But, um, you know, getting back on topic, it's like you question the conditioning. Like, Rodic is someone who I'm used to not playing a full 90 in Europa League or Champions League matches because he is up and down the pitch all the time. And this is why fans kept on saying we need an alternate left back because he doesn't always play the full 90. He has a lot of duties offensively and defensively. He's always there behind Katai helping out, you know, whipping the ball in to, to the strikers, their center forwards. Then he has to get back and defend. And usually the wing players are fast, skillful, technical players who are able to go one-on-one. So he has a lot of stuff to do. Um, and, you know, you sub him off and you put Cernic a left back, a position he's never played. And he played the entire match, but he was dead in the 60th minute. So, like, what's going on here, right? Why are we counting on a guy? Nothing against Cernic. He's came up through the youth academy. Fans used to, you know, chant a lot of different stuff at him when he was at Trukadicki when he played against Red Star. He came back to her club. He was exceptional in, in, in when he came back playing right, uh, I guess he was right wing, right midfield. But like we're putting, and he's playing a position that it's not natural to him. He's not a he's not a defensive midfielder. Now let me say one thing. Erakuch also played at a position that's not familiar to him or less familiar, right back. Why haven't we addressed right back and a CDM in the most important match of the season? We haven't addressed the position, and that's not Stankovic's fault. That's not Sonic's fault. That's not Erakuch's fault. That's upper management. We've spent so much money bringing in transfers. I think it was something like 8 million euros. If you've already spent that much, spend another 3-4 and bring in adequate players to play those positions in the most important match of the season. And I, I mean, I just don't understand it. Um, but it is what it is. Like I said, the team that deserved to go to Champions League has gone to Champions League. Maccabi Haifa looked like they could have played another four matches after this after this one against Red Star. Red Star was dead in the 60th minute. You compare the two. Red Star in the 60th minute was already going, kind of like preparing for, for extra time and, and penalties. Like, that's what it looked like. It looked like they were just waiting for, you know, the whistle to blow so they can get to extra time, which is crazy. And, you know, the free kick that led to the goal, it was Bilan Borian sent it a little bit long for, for Ivanich on the right wing, and he just fouled. Uh, one of the players, about 25 yards out on the left side. And he just whipped the ball in, and Pavkov got his foot on it right in the back of the net. And unfortunately, Red Star had a chance after that, but just couldn't capitalize. There's just not enough time. I think there's a, like a shock that goes through you, right, conceding that late. Um, and, yeah, we just we just couldn't get over it. And like I said, the better team, the, the team that deserved it, and I think the better team went on to Champions League. And, you know, we move on to the Europa League. And the draw was today. So Red Star was drawn in Group H with Monaco, Ferencvaros, and Trabzonspor. Tough group overall. Very tough. Um, 
Monaco is, is, is the favorite for me to go through as the number one seed. And then Ferencváros, Trabzonspor, and Red Star are going to be fighting for that second spot. Trabzonspor spends a lot of money. Turkish clubs usually do. So they do spend a lot of money. Um, they brought in some players this summer. Spent big, bu- big bucks on them. I think around 12, 13 million that they've spent. Somewhere in that neighborhood. So, you know, they're kind of ready to to try to challenge this group and maybe even challenge Monaco to tell you the truth. I, I Monaco, I think is the favorite, but I think Travis is going to be right there. So they, they signed Trezeguet from Aston Villa for 4 million and his Bardi for 3 million from uh, Levante and Mark Bartra from, I actually don't know where he came from. I don't have it written down. I apologize. Rafinha is another target for them. And so is Twan Zabi. So those are the guys they're going to target, and they just signed a defensive midfielder from Everton, I think on loan with the option to buy after the loan. Plus they have Hamshik and, and uh, Vizca, who are, Vizca, who are out uh, with injuries. Vizca probably won't feature until November, and Hamshik, I think at some point um, we'll see him. But like, that's the thing, Like these guys spend money. Anything apart from progression through this stage for, for Trabzonspor is, is going to be a failure. So... You know, they're, they're going to be a very, very tough match, especially away from home. And they were eliminated from from uh, Champions League qualifying by Copenhagen. And so was Monaco. And Monaco was eliminated by, I think, PSV Eindhoven. And we all know about Monaco. The players that they've, you know, Mbappe in the past, and Bakayoko, and Bernardo Silva, and uh, Kamil Glick was there, and... I know that's a name a lot of you probably wouldn't think I was going to mention. Um, Radamel Falcao, and we all know about that phase that they had where they just produced so much young talent for like a two, three year stretch, and they made a lot of money. So they're going to be up there, I think, and they just sold, you know, the teenager to to, to Real Madrid for eighty million, who's valued as one of the I think is val- one of the most valued uh, players in the world right now. So they stole so they sold Strakinja Pavlovich to Salzburg for seven million. Fabregas has left the club. Um, Benyadere is still there. Uh, Foland is there as well up top. Minamino they brought in and Bola they brought in. So some veteran leadership experience for for stages like this, and they just have a really good blend of of veteran players and young players. And I think if we can get anything out of this match, out of these two ties, I think we'll take it. If we get one point out of the two matches, we'll take it. And I, because I think they're really that good, and like they should have been in the Champions League. They they drew in the last match day in in the French league, Ligue 1, last season, on a 96th minute goal. I think it was from Nantes or Lens. I'm not sure now. But they should have been in Champions League, and then they conceded late against PSV, and then they conceded again in extra time, and they bowed out, and they went to to the Europa League. Ferenc Varos. Four seasons in a row that playing in Europe. They played in the Champions League two or three seasons ago. Last 18 group stage matches, they've only won two, but those two wins came against Spartak Moscow and Bayer Leverkusen. And Spartak Moscow was away, so it was in Russia. So two quality wins, very quality wins. Russian teams are very difficult, and Bayer Leverkusen, German team, top five league. They lost to Karabag in Champions League qualifying. So there you go, another team. So all four teams in this group bowed out from, from Champions League qualifying. That just shows you how, how tough this group is going to be. And then they beat Shamrock to, to, to get here. Adama Traore is a player that Red Star is familiar with. 
played with Sharif last season, gave us a lot of trouble. He's been very good for them this season. They're usually a team that likes to spend a lot as well. Uh, but they haven't done that much this off this off season this this window because uh, they've kind of limited their budgeting so to say and they've let all, some of their older players more experienced players watch just because they're out of contracts so very difficult group it's going to be a very difficult group I don't I'm not sure about the matches yet like when they take place when we play who when and stuff like that but that last match I would love to have at home no matter who it is uh, to give ourselves a chance of progressing to the I think it's I think they're doing the same thing as last year where there's like a playoff and then the round of 16 so the teams that finish second play teams that finish third uh, from Champions League qualifying so we'll see what happens there we'll, we'll have to fight to, to, to finish second like I like I said I think Monaco's first and I realistically if I think about it we'd have to get six points from Fedez Vodos which is going to be very hard uh, Trabzonspor, you figure you have to get at least four, so that's already 10. And if you could get a point or two from Monaco, that's 12. That should be enough to, to get through to the to the next stage. But at minimum, I think you're going to need nine. Like, I think nine points gets you um, through to the next stage as of right now. But, you know, we'll see how the games unfold. It's easy to talk about that stuff now, and then something completely different happens when the games actually get underway. Uh, next topic. Dan Stankovic resigns. Shocking news today. Shocking. Uh, it's been kind of quiet on the Red Star front since since the elimination. Not much has been said in the media. Not many articles have been written. Apart from the night of the loss, like there, there really hasn't been anything out there. And it's funny because I opened up um, one of the the pages that I read and I saw uh, Milos Milovic, the... Heading was Milos Milovic takes over the red and whites. And I was thinking, oh, it's kind of like clickbaity. You're going to click on it. It's going to be red and whites like Olympiacos or, or a team that just wears red and white jerseys. And then I looked under um, that headline and I saw, you know, Dan Stankovic resigns as manager of uh, Red Star Belgrade. And it's a complete shock. I don't think this was, no one even really talked about this one after we bowed out. And it kind of hits you like a ton of bricks. Like he's, you know, like he's gone now, right? I just think that there was a lot of pressure on him after the after losing and uh, not making Champions League. So it's three years in a row that failed to make Champions League. Uh, Omanyan in the first year that he was here, a little bit difficult because it was only one leg due to the COVID stuff. So we only played in Cyprus and, you know, we ended up losing that match and then there's no return leg. It's just a one leg. Um, last year was against Sheriff. Although, if you take a look at it, Sharif beat us, and then they beat Dinamo Zagreb, and then they went to Champions League, and they beat Real Madrid in the Champions League in Madrid at the Santiago Bernabeu. So, like, do you count that? I really wouldn't because they backed up their play. Um, so, I, I'm like 50-50 on that one. And the Maccabi Haifa one, I, th I think Maccabi's a really good team, and I think that we underestimated them. I, I truthfully think that we underestimated them and we, we didn't prepare well enough. I think that we as a team just thought that the crowd was basically going to take us to a win, which is not a good thing to do. You can't assume that. And I think that we've done that a little too much in the last two or three seasons where we're like, oh, we play them at home? That's okay. The crowd will, will basically win the match for us. And that's why the matches are played on the pitch and not in the crowd. 
And I think we under, I really think that we underestimated them. And I think this is why Dan Stankovic is kicking himself because he understands that he underestimated them as well. I'm not sure he would ever admit it, but I think that's kind of the gist of it. Um, like I said, the team looked just dysfunctional after halftime. Like that goal that they allowed right at the depth was was like backbreaking, and it completely sucked the energy out of them. And you can't have that happen emotionally and mentally. You have to be much, 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 much stronger at home in a in a in a deciding game like that. You have to be much better, and we weren't. And that's why I said Maccabi Haifa deserved to go through. Uh, questions about substitutions. I already I already covered that in the first match. I think he threw in a lot of players who really hadn't played many minutes, much minutes this season. And it didn't cost us. But I think that if we kept some of our you know, better guys out there, I think we could have threatened Maccabi Haifa a little bit more, especially when we knew we didn't have a game on the weekend. So we would have seven days of rest. And I just kind of wish that we just stuck it out there with those guys. But I understand the other part of the argument as well. You have tired guys out there. What if we concede a goal off someone's tiredness or off, you know, a bad pass or something like that or a stupid foul or something like that? I completely understand that argument. But I would rather die with my best players out there as opposed to taking them off and throwing on guys who haven't played much at all. That's just my stand on it. And I understand, I completely understand people who would take the completely opposite approach completely understand both sides that's just how i felt um the starting lineup with with Sonich, i think was a big question mark too a lot of, I, pretty much everyone thought that sonogo was going to start because of uh, piero's size and sonogo is the only <clears throat> sonogo is the only real big body that we have who can possibly contain him or, or limit him as much as possible and we didn't see that we saw Sonich in the match and credit to him he ran his ass off Sonic really did, but you know, sometimes you maybe need someone else to step in there and and you know, go with that. But that didn't happen. And I mentioned Kanga getting subbed off in the fifty first second minute, where he kind of threw a little bit of a hissy fit for being subbed off. And even in chapter the match said we spoke about, you know, Kanga coming off even at halftime. So Stankovic gave him another seven, eight minutes and then he took him off. Because we have had issues with Kanga being on a yellow card before and then picking up his second yellow. So I don't... That part, I'm on Dan's side completely. And maybe it would have been better just to sub him off at halftime. So that way you avoid the entire interaction that they had there. But how would he know that Kanga was going to react like that? And I think that kind of brushed off on the rest of the team as well. And I completely get it. No excuses. They're professionals. They should be able to handle it. I completely agree. But... Sometimes just things like that get to you. And Kanga's apologized since. Um, he released a little thing on Instagram, you know, in Serbian, saying that he apologizes for his attitude and the and the way that he was that the way that he conducted himself. And yeah, that that's like I said, so many small things determine who goes through in a in a tight match like this. I honestly think it would have been better if we just lost seven hill on aggregate as opposed to five four. Then you could just say, yeah, you know what, 7-0, we created absolutely nothing. We deserved to lose. But like this, there's always questions like, what if we made a substitution in the 55th minute? What if we went a little bit more offensive? What if we did this? What if we did that? Okiyomoy Wanfo, every fan loves him. No idea why he doesn't get playing time. No idea. We should have... It's very... It's easy to say now because 
Maccabi scored so late, but in after they scored, we should have just made substitutions where we throw on, you know, all our offensive players and go all out. We didn't do that though. That's okay though. Uh, Milan Pavkov has left the club. He has signed for Saudi Arabian side Al Fayha. Uh, One million euros to Red Star, seven hundred fifty k annually for Milan Pavkov. He's signing a three-year deal. Um, I think we'll always remember Liverpool, Salzburg, and AC Milan. The two goals against Liverpool, uh, no Red Star fan will forget those. Those are, what a, that was just a crazy match. Beating Liverpool at home 2-0. I wouldn't say completely outplaying them, but playing really damn well. Him scoring two being, you know, man of the match, outstanding, you know, hats off to him. Uh, Salzburg, he completely changed the match. Red Star was nowhere for 63 minutes. You know, he gets his, his head a little bit bloodied and Red Star scores two goals in like 45 seconds. And we just close shop, defend for the next uh, 25 minutes and we get to the Champions League where he gave it his all again. AC Milan, he scored the... Um, Goal at the death, um, two-two at at home, and this was empty stadium because of COVID, but a perfectly headed ball across Donnarumma couldn't get to it, and you know we went to um, Italy with a two-two result, drew one-one over there, but Milan scored two goals away, so you know they advanced on away goals. This is still when the away goal rule was still around, so um, just a big body. He's not very mobile in terms of speed. Uh, very good in the air. Uh, gets his teammates involved. He like he even racked up the assists. I think he had 20 assists in four, four or five seasons. So that's about four or five assists a season, which isn't too bad for a guy. Like I said, he's not very mobile, but he always gets his teammates involved. And that's one reason why I love him too. And, you know, whenever he either comes on or, or starts, I know he's going to kind of give his all and he's going to make a difference whether that's bad or good. Usually it was good. Like he's going to leave it all out there. And that's something that you can you know, appreciate with a player like him. Uh, what happens with the center forward position? So now you're left with Alexander Pesic and Ohi only one full. So Ohi, there's been rumors that Bronby's been injured or been interested in him. They were offering 1 million euros. Red Star wants 1.5 to 2 million euros. Uh, Molde has been a team that's what I've read that they are also interested. So that's a rumor. And he came to Red Star. He played for Molde and then he became a free agent. So, um, he came from them, so he's very familiar with the club. I would, I mean, depends what happens with the team going forward. I would love to keep him. I'm like I'm an Ohi guy. I'm 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 a fan, and I just I I just didn't like it when when you know upper management came out and said, well, you know, we're looking for a different profile profile of a player as in a as in as a center forward. And I thought to myself, well, how did you sign him six months ago? We still play the same football. We still play the same way. Nothing's changed in our game to where you maybe Oki doesn't suit our, our our play anymore. Just a very strange, very strange. And the team wants you know one point five to two million for him. There were some MLS teams interested for him, but I would love if he stays here. Uh, Milos Milovic has worked in with like Scandinavian in Scandinavian countries before, so maybe he can get something out of him. Um, but I really would like him to, to to get some playing time. I really would, uh, because I like what I saw from him, you know, when he was getting playing time. Um, Milos Milovic, like I said, appointed the new manager. 
I'm just the first thing that that kind of crossed my mind was after I got over the shock of Stankovic um, leaving the club. I'm curious to see what Milovic does with Nikola Stankovic, Okiyomi Mwafo, who I just mentioned, Velko Nikolic, and Nemanja Motika, because those guys haven't really played at all. Like Velko Nikolic Nikolic hasn't played almost at all. Nemanja Motika, I think maybe a few minutes. Ohi's played something like 17. And Nikola Stankovic has played at right back, but he's a defensive midfielder by trade. So do we continue... Do we continue developing Nikola Stankovic as a right back, or do we maybe move him back to his natural position, which is defensive mid? Okay, I covered Veljko Nikolic. A terrible injury that he suffered. He was out for, I think, a year, maybe a little bit longer. He's back now to full health. I would love to see what we can get out of him. Um, how does how he fits in the team? You know, he's kind of a defensive midfielder, I guess. If you if you had to slot him somewhere in in, in the lineup he's he's like a kanga he doesn't really have defensive uh, attributes or abilities but if you had to slide him in somewhere it'd probably be that cdm position maybe as a as an attacking mid i would like to see what he can do there as well if he can get minutes and then you know you're gonna have to make an you're gonna have to make a a decision on him because he's already something like 22 23 years of age so are you gonna keep him are you gonna sell him see what you could get for him and then Nemanja Motika, who came in last uh, season, I believe it was last winter. Like, what happens with him? Is he going to go out on loan? Are we going to keep him? He's kind of like Stefan Mitrovic in the sense that he, they're both, they're not very strong players and they're wing players. So Stefan Mitrovic has, you know, speed that he can use to, to, to burn defenders. Against Maccabi Haifa in the first leg, he just really got bodied by their defenders. He's just not strong enough. And that's kind of Nemanja Motika's issue as well like he was playing in the fourth or fifth tier of of German football so you know you can't really see what a guy can do at that level um I think we should have probably even loaned him out last season to a tier two side and then this season we should have loaned him out to you know a top flight club and I think if he does go on loan he should go to a top flight club and not you know a tier two or to Grafichar who is Red Star's affiliate he should be able to go to you know, one of the teams in the top flight. Now where, I mean, that's up for the team to decide, but I would look to to um, to loan him out if he's not going to get playing time. And ultimately, I mean, if, if a deal, if, you know, a loan deal comes from a team outside of Serbia, I would think about that too. Just as long as he's getting playing time, as long as he's getting better, because he's not going to learn anything sitting on the bench or not being called up to games at all. Uh, so Milos Milojevic runs a... 433 system. So that's the question is does that stay the same or does he switch it up? I think that he's going to kind of experiment a little bit. Uh he doesn't have a lot of time. We play Yavor tomorrow at home and then we have the Eternal Derby away at Partizan. So he's got to figure some things out before the before the derby and I think he's going to use this match against Yavor to kind of test some things out. Uh maybe formation, maybe let some guys play who haven't played um, this season that much. Some of the guys that I mentioned, maybe. But we'll ultimately see what happens. Um, it's not ad- he's not really a fan of out-of-shaped players. I mean, no coach is. But um, he basically sat Verko Bermantovic, who is one of Malmo's best players. He continues scoring. Like, he's scored in something like three or four straight now. But, you know, he sat him because he wasn't, he wasn't fit. He wasn't doing a lot of defensive work. So we'll see what happens with that. You know, if he's going to 
still use that same philosophy for this Red Star team because, like I said, guys were completely out of gas in the 60th minute. How does this work? Is Do we need a conditioning coach? I think we do. Um, I don't even know if we have one. If we do, we need to do better work. Like, There's no doubt about that, especially in Europa League where teams are can run for days. It's, it's still a very high competition. So like those are some of the questions I think that I would I would see with with Milos Milic. And my final thought is my final question is how does the team react to everything that's happened in the last 48 to 72 hours? This could go one of two ways. Either Red Star will get better or they will lose the league and they won't get past the Europa League group stage. I think that's those are the two things that can happen here. Because it can either go all the way south or there's a completely or we become a completely different team and we hit a different gear. I really think those are the only two two options. And if it's the one where, you know, we lose the league and don't get out of Europa League, Milos Milic could be out of a job by the end of the season. And then my only fear is that we're going to go back to where we were before all the Champions League and Europa League where, you know, we're finishing second. We don't have the players necessary to compete. We don't see Europa League or Champions League and stuff like that. And I don't want to lift that again because this life is good where you have Europa League, where you have Champions League. You know, no more hamburgers. This is this is caviar we're eating now. So, you know, once you get a taste of the life, you don't want to go back. And that's exactly how I feel. I, I, I really want this team to succeed. I still think that there's you know, transfers that we need to make. There's players that we need to bring in. Like, the right-back situation needs to be uh, sorted out. Um, Marko Vershovic is a player that's been mentioned. He played for Red Star a number of years ago. It must be 10, 12 years ago. Um, as the right-back solution, CDM, I don't really know what's happened with Edmund Otto. Uh, his representatives were in Belgrade probably two weeks ago now discussing a loan and then a possibly possible buy um, buyout clause after that. Center forward position now with Oki and Persic. Like, what happens if Oki leaves? We have no center forward. And I'm not... We have Ben, but Ben... Ben's best years are past him. And those are kind of the questions that we still have. Center forward, defensive mid, and right back. And without filling at least two of those positions, one has to be... Two positions would be CDM and, and right back. I think those are the two positions that have to be addressed unless Sonogo is going to get playing time. We're not going to do well in Europa League if we don't, you know, address those two two positions. I, and I think that we have to get down to business because there's, like I said, there's only four or five days left in, in the transfer window. End of August. So, yeah, that's the podcast for today. Thank you guys for listening. Remember, you can listen to this podcast on Anchor FM, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, and Amazon Music. Thank you guys for listening, and I'll check back in down the road. Take care, guys. Have a good weekend.